0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac podcasting network.
1: This week on TechFan, we celebrate July 4th with fireworks, fireworks, fireworks. Back up, Terry, the world is exploding. TechFan 403.
0: And it is Tech Fan Podcast number 403. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello. I'm tired.
1: Yeah, well, you've had a day off. That's always tiring.
0: Well, it's not the day off. It's the fireworks last night going forever. I even put um, these waxy type of earplugs in that you kind of roll around in your hand for a minute. They get real soft. You put them in your ear and they kind of fold or mold completely in your ear. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe I have superhuman hearing. I don't know. Because it. Didn't help. It cut out like 80%, but that leaves 20% of a lot of firework sounds. So. The
1: problem is the noise annoys you, which means you are tuned to hearing it. It's yeah. difficult to tune it out. Yeah, I'm hypersensitive. Your is, yeah. Your brain is kind of tuned to pick it up. Uh, and you then you start thinking thoughts of murderous violence towards <laughs> whoever's setting them off. Not, not too far off. Oh, yeah.
0: I get it on the fourth, but the problem is the week leading up and the three weeks afterwards. Yeah, yeah no.
1: well, well, yeah, I mean, we have the same issue here. We never used to, We only used to have fireworks on November 5th here in the UK, which is Guy Fawkes Night. Um, and when I was growing up, that was the only time you would hear fireworks. And yes, that night there would be a lot, but um, also as well because a lot of those things were kind of family-orientated. Right. They would kind of start tailing off by about 10 o'clock, and so you wouldn't really be bothered them that late. Now what happens is, uh, for New Year as well as November 5th, so basically from late September onwards, these shops spring up, they go into empty storefronts, and they basically become fireworks shops, and they sell everything, and that means every single idle youth in the area can go and buy lots and lots of fireworks and set them off whenever they want, and basically it's a fuselade between September and uh, late January.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we get these tents that pop up in uh, parking lots. Right. It's and
1: probably they do the same sort thing. thing. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: This is the power of Chinese globalization is that this stuff is now cheap and easy to get, where in the past it was specialist suppliers used to supply them, and they had some scruples about who and when and why they sold the stuff to. Nowadays, it's just anybody. Oh, yeah. They don't this care. Is, this is what the, the guys who run vape shops are going to do when the vape shops get back and is going to switch fireworks.
0: Well, they got to sell something, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, the problem here in uh, Michigan is it used to be there were illegal fireworks and legal fireworks. Basically, anything that went up in the air or made a big boom was illegal. Yeah. Now they just lifted that, and you can just no no problem.
1: Oh yes, because they do want market forces to apply, which means that yeah, people buy anything and and everything yeah. and the bigger i've seen it here as well you know the, the, <laughs> there was a guy i I went to a fireworks party at his house it's probably about 10 12 years ago now and he they would have a fireworks party every year on november 5th and they would invite lots of people around so there'd be a lot of kids there and everything and they had a for britain it was a biggish garden for you it would be kind of a tiny portion of your yard but by british standards this was quite a large garden and um, it, it was kind of terraced, you know. So he would put all the fireworks up towards the back of the garden, and then we would all stand kind of in the in the you know the porch area and the the entrance to the house with the double double windows and stuff like that. Yep. And he got this thing, and it it looked like it had been exported from Afghanistan. I mean, it, it was a massive cardboard tube that looked like a mortar. Yep. And it, that's exactly what it was. And basically, you know, this is one of these deals where he kind of got chatting to the – he was an accountant. He got chatting to the uh, the guy in the fireworks store which he'd gone to. And the guy said, oh, I've got some good stuff around the back. You know, I'll do you a favor if you'd help me out with some accounting affairs. And he got this thing. He had no idea what to do with it. And effectively, he props it up at the back and lights the fuse. And, uh, you know, it, he didn't know what it was going to do either. It sent one huge charge into the air. And the tube then promptly fell over and spun round, and then started firing these large charges all round the garden. I mean, it was it was lethal, absolutely lethal. How nobody got hurt, I don't know. I, I think one or two of these kind of uh, went past people's heads and maybe bounced off the odd jacket and that sort of thing. Um, but fortunately, there were no serious injuries. But
0: you know, you know, other than being lethal, what it was though? What? Funny as hell.
1: It was. This is the sort of thing you see, you know, see on the internet, uh, on YouTube, and you think it's hilarious. But if you were there, it's not. There's, there's one I saw recently. <laughs> it was, it was meant to be indoor fireworks, at a kind of a uh, a kids' Chris, uh, kids Christmas nativity play, and the guy didn't realize he bought out, outdoor fireworks, and so he lights off this thing, and it just like fills the room with smoke and fire. Not good in a school setting.
0: I, I've got one that you have to watch, and uh, it might be one of the. You don't care until about, um, oh, the 25-second 25, 25 mark. So I'm going to figure out how to put this in our show notes here. So the 25-second mark is where you want to start watching this. Eh, it didn't work. Okay. I hate that. Sometimes I can just drag stuff over. Sometimes I have to copy and paste the URL. Mm-hmm. So 25-second mark.
1: Oh, I've seen this one. Here yeah. Yeah, I have seen this
0: one. So this one is one of my funny, fu- funnest ones. It's it's a guy in a wheelchair, and he, he doesn't move his wheelchair in time. And the other guy starts going, back up, Terry, back up, Terry. <laughs> Nobody gets hurt, and he finally gets out of there. This firework's exploding, and the guy recording it is just laughing his butt off.
1: Yeah, um I mean, I mean, it is fortunate. It could have... Very seriously gone wrong. With this yes. Effect, effectively, the guy has a motorized wheelchair, and as soon as the fire, he, the fireworks started going off before he's ready for it. And as soon as they do, he panics. And at that point, the knowledge of how to drive the wheelchair appears to depart his head. <laughs> so he's just kind it, of it's, sat there it's so fumbling funny. with the controls. Yeah, yeah. It's uh,
0: it, it, this is one of those rare internet things that everyone seemed to. I saw. People had "Back Up Terry" shirts. <laughs> yeah. That's that's brilliant. Yeah. Back Up Terry. Back up,
1: <laughs> so I, uh, the only thing I'd say, I'd recommend to any of our listeners who are going to watch this video is, perhaps don't do it with your kids in the room. Not because it's uh, there's uh, there's any language or anything like that in. It's just it might give them ideas. Yes. Do you uh, have you seen the new Spider Man movie yet? I have not I have not had time to go to the movies and um, hopefully maybe next week.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about it next week maybe. We've
1: got, we've got family visiting this weekend, so I won't get to see it this weekend, but maybe I'll go during the week with the uh, You won't Alexander. be disappointed. Yeah. No, when- I'm, looking for, I'm immensely looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah. I was looking forward to this. This is one of my top movies of the year as far as anticipation. Um, I saw The Twists – most of the twists way ahead of time, but you know, well, anybody who's watching the trailer, it's Mysterio. Well, Mysterio's a bad guy, and they show yeah. him as a good guy in the trailers. Well, it, it's it's Mysterio. You know, he's not going to be the good guy. Yeah, but it, it's it's a different twist on the the character from the comics. I'll put it that way. And I thought it was well done. I can't wait for you to see it so we can discuss it in detail. Um, one of the things that is disappointing, at least for Amazon. Uh, a Federal Court of Appeals is giving them some bad news, so up until now, David, the courts have said that a company like Amazon who allows third parties to sell products on their website, were not liable for the sale of those third parties if they cause damage or death or pain or injury or whatever to somebody it 's not amazon's oh. fault yeah. they're just kind of a clearing house, and how are we responsible well. Maybe they should be. And I kind of think, hey, if you're letting someone sell something on your website and there's no moderation, there's no checks and balances, you're not checking to see if it's counterfeit or dangerous. You know what? I think it should be on that company. I think Amazon should be responsible. And um, an appeals court reversed a lower court's decision over a lawsuit Filed by a customer who was blinded when a retractable dog leash she bought from from the website recoiled and hit her in the face. Wow.
1: Well, you know what? I was just talking about something like this this morning. Um, not that I have any evidence that this is related to Amazon, but it, it c- could very well be. There was a um, Virgin Airways flight that was forced to um, turn around and do an emergency landing because uh, a, a battery. Court- a seat, a seat caught fire, yeah, and they, the uh, the initial reports were that somebody was using a portable battery charger and dropped it down between the seats, and it shorted out and caught fire. Um, and if you see the video of it, I mean, this was not just like, you know, a bit of smoke. It was full-on flame. Really? Which, I haven't seen ob- the video. I just yeah. saw the headline. Obviously, on an aircraft, not a good thing. No. Um you know, and uh, I, I had a conversation with a colleague of mine this morning in work, and I said, well, "This is a problem with, you know, buying stuff online." And we, you know, we've we've been we did a segment a few weeks ago where we bought cheap Chinese stuff online, and then discussed how good or bad it was in terms of quality. Yeah. The problem with a with a battery, anything with a battery in it, is that it stores a lot of energy. If it's not well made, um, and it shorts out. Um, then you're releasing a lot of energy, a lot of heat, and that can cause a fire. Um, And the problem is, if that's on an aircraft, then that that is a real issue. Uh, Absolutely. So um, in terms of responsibility, I I struggle with this a little bit. But having said that, I think I would probably come down on this appeal court's decision as, as being the right thing because... Amazon does take some responsibility for what's sold in their store. They for instance, to. you can't you can't sell a minigun right on, on Amazon. Yeah, you can't sell uh, somebody's head. You know, you, there are all sorts of things that I imagine Amazon would prevent you from selling. You couldn't sell drugs on an Amazon Marketplace account. So they're already doing some level of control and protection and complying with the local laws and that sort of thing what they don't want to do is they don't want to have to they want to be an open marketplace people who are just reselling stuff from elsewhere and they just want to do it very broadly and say yes okay you can sell in this category not in that category but they yeah they don't want to be liable for uh, the quality of that product and the issue is is that there's an awful lot of very low quality products that come out of various and i'm not going to just pick on china but they can come from anywhere anybody can make shoddy stuff and sell it online uh and a lot of people use amazon because amazon kind of has your your back as a as a buyer if you buy something that's poor quality because they will often just fully accept within a month a return for whatever reason if you don't like it um or it doesn't work properly or it breaks or something like that so a lot of people use amazon for that reason that they've got some protection if the, if the equipment is if the things they buy don't work properly, but the, the you know so Amazon's taking some responsibility there. But what they don't want to do is be liable if the, if the, if the thing they they facilitated the sale of, is uh, is actually going to going to hurt you.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm I'm of two minds. Look, a company like Amazon that allows people to. How do you police it all? But we've we've complained in the past that they don't do enough, especially with the the piracy and the the, the ripoff yeah. products and stuff. But this is it, it's the same problem because how do they test all the products? They can't. You can't do that.
1: They can't. Except well, they no. Let's let's rewind back. They, they could. could. They forget, could forget their existing business model yes okay forget about that the fact that they allow anybody to sell anything for a fee and they don't want to get involved in the show forget all about that how does everybody else do it forget about online even if you are walmart or target or kmart or any other store yeah you tend you have buyers who go out and look at products and say we will decide whether we will stock this and we will buy it from the seller from the supplier or the third party, whatever, and then we will stock it. And if it sells well, we'll buy more. And that process controls, in most cases, the quality of what appears in in the um, what appears in the store. Now, the issue then, the reason people do that is because the store is liable. If, yes. If Walmart sells you something that's faulty and injures people, yet they will be named in the lawsuit, not just the supplier, because they went out and they. They enabled that product to get into people's hands and it then hurt them. Yeah. So why should Amazon be any different? Now, Amazon says, well, we can't possibly do it because we carry so much stuff, but that's their choice. Yeah, the your business reason- model
0: doesn't absolve you of responsibility. No,
1: because they choose to sell so much stuff with so little oversight that it allows the platform to be so large. That's how they make a lot of money. Yep. But I, I think the difficulty is, is that... Well, the, the real problem here is that will this this is an appeals ruling. This will this stand because Amazon will take it higher, and yep. eventually it'll go to presumably, uh, if the Supreme Court would take it, it would go to Supreme Court if it didn't go Amazon's way, and then they would make what would be judged to be a final decision. It, it would be
0: surprising if it does go that far. I don't think the Supreme Court would take the case, but even if they did, even with some of the wacky rulings the Supreme Court has had lately. Um, I can't imagine that they would absolve Amazon of the responsibility. Because Amazon doesn't present clearly that you're buying from a third party. They kind of hide that a little bit. Yeah. They make it as uh, inconspicuous as possible. Because as far as you're concerned, you're buying it from Amazon. Amazon's selling you this thing.
1: You have to, yeah, you do have to know the platform. Um, you know, and, and I've bought stuff from Amazon where I've been surprised it doesn't come straight away, even if it's not on Prime. And then not, you realize that actually it's coming from China. Yeah. But there's nothing in the description or the name of the seller or anything that Amazon presents to you that tells you that. You know, it's coming from a third party, but there's well, nothing, you know. I but paid it, Amazon.
0: Well, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think that's the cusp of some of these lawsuits that the, the lawyers really aren't looking at closely enough. Who did I pay? Cause who I paid is who I'm buying it from. You know, I don't go into target, find something in this, uh, back room and you know, it's not target selling it. It's, it's this little company that's set up shop in their back room. Well, I don't know that it's I'm in the target store and I go up to the cashier and that cashier takes my money. Guess who I just bought it from target. Yeah. That's just the way it is. So I don't know. I, I think Amazon really has to start cleaning up their act. Um, well, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon though. It's
1: not going to happen because Amazon has huge power and they will lobby. So even if this if this law if even if this court judgment ends up going all the way the wrong way, then they'll be lobbying Congress to change the law to make it okay for them. And you I, know, and, and they they're representing not just Amazon, but ultimately everybody else who has a marketplace online, uh, eBay and, and, and yes. everybody else, you know. And
0: and I don't know if consumers really want that no, well, I think no. consumers want to keep the cheap stuff out there to be able to buy more convenient. I think honestly, most the average consumer is happy to give up that type of responsibility to the stores. They they, they don't care if the stores has responsibility as long as it's cheap and they can buy it quickly. Yeah. That's what they care about. Oh,
1: well, and the reality is, is most stuff that ninety nine point nine percent of the stuff you buy through Amazon or eBay that comes from overseas, wherever it be, China or anywhere else, is, is is perfectly fine, or it's not perfectly fine, but when it fails, it doesn't damage, it doesn't hurt anybody. Correct. And obviously that's the real issue, is, is when stuff becomes dangerous to people, then that becomes more of a problem than, um, you know, in terms of people looking at the trade and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, if it's just cheap and crap, then kind of the government and the trade commissions and everyone else doesn't really care. And they Amazon don't. don't really care, but Amazon well, obviously what Amazon is is doing is, it, and you see it all the time, you can find a certain product that's imported, and if you go the Target or the Walmart route, you can go. You know this. I see this this sort of thing quite a lot. Wait, you can go down to the one of those stores and you can buy it in there, uh, and you'll pay I don't know fifteen twenty pounds for it, and then you'll see the same thing on uh, Amazon for eight pounds. And the reason is is that they've cut out a lot of the overheads and they're bringing it in direct from overseas. And it's the same products, probably coming from the same factory. Yep. So, you know, you go, oh, well, I'll, I'll have the £8 rather than the £20 one. The difficulty, of course, is that sometimes you don't get an £8 one. Sometimes you get a £2 one that's been marked up to £8 because it's a knockoff that's being yep. made somewhere else in the, in the thing. You know? Well, it, you know,
0: consumers do have choices on where they can buy stuff like this, you know, and at the end of the day, I think market forces generally do take care of it, but I think that's more of a thing in the past. I think that market forces nowadays are geared towards the cheapest and, you know, who's got the best marketing. Uh, But sometimes, David, you can get really good quality stuff at really good prices, like from our... (laughs) <laughs> from our sponsor otherworldcomputingmaxsales.com every, every
1: week you outdo yourself my
0: friend. I did this was a good one though um, they have uh, 76 hot deals clearance and more all week long it's called the sizzling firecracker savings event now OWC always has you know it says 76 hot deals but it's showing 245 items so <laughs> I'm not sure which one to believe
1: why seventy um, six? What's the significance of
0: seventy six? seventeen seventy six. Um yeah, what happened then? Nothing I don't know. major. Nothing really. Yeah. Um <clears throat> anyways. I here's a really good deal. Fifty four ninety nine for a genuine Apple MagSafe power adapter, eighty five watts. That's a good deal. Those things are not inexpensive.
1: You know, I, I saw a, a conversation online a couple of weeks ago where this guy was complaining so bitterly. that he, he said his his MagSafe power adapter failed. But actually, it turned out when people asked him a few questions that he had it plugged in the wall at Starbucks and somebody went past and caught his cable with, with their foot. And his laptop was okay because the MagSafe pulled out of his laptop. Sure. It also pulled the adapter out of the wall and it dropped onto the hard floor and cracked and stopped working. And he was complaining because he went to the Apple store to get to, to get a replacement. He was complaining because it was like, it was uh, $80. Yeah. He was going, well, this is obsolete technology. Why are they making something? It was a whole big thing because people then piled and said, what do you mean it's obsolete? It's not obsolete. Uh, they sell laptops today that still use MagSafe. The, yeah. they still sell the original MacBook Air before they upgraded it, the non-retinal one that uses MagSafe and also as well, just because the, uh, you know, it's an old charging technology, that doesn't mean over time it gets cheaper and cheaper, they still have to make it warranty it and you know make sure it doesn't blow up, this is just what we've been talking about and if you're going to use something to charge your laptop plug it into your main supply in your house and potentially leave it there unattended you kind of it's nice to spend the money to make sure that it's not going to catch fire and burn your house down or hurt you or mm-hmm. short out or anything like that. And sometimes if you buy a cheap power adapter on Amazon or somewhere else, you don't know that. And I'm the kind of person I kind of tend to think, you know, what? I'd rather pay a bit more. But the advantage here is that you don't have to pay $80. You're paying $55. So you're exactly. saving money and you are getting the genuine warranted Apple product that is it's very well engineered and it's very unlikely to
0: kill you. Always a bonus. <laughs> Always a bonus. You probably won't die if you use this one. Um here's a pretty good deal. I did this is pretty good. A two and a half inch SSD SATA drive, four terabytes. Three hundred and sixty seven dollars. Now some people are going, three hundred and sixty seven dollars for four terabytes isn't that great of a deal, Tim. No, this is a SSD drive. Yeah. That is a really good deal. Yep. I mean, wow. I, I, if I needed that, I would be all over it. Four terabyte SSD, that's really fast. Uh, but we do want to thank our sponsor, uh, Otherworld Computing. Hey, guys. it's uh, As we record this, it's 22 days away, three weeks away from Mac Talk. Yeah. I probably should st- st- keep putting the quiz together here.
1: Um you say that every week. And every yeah. week we're a cl- bit closer.
0: I, I got like four questions in there now. Oh, um going on then? Yeah, I'm rocking it. Yeah. <laughs> so Max stock is uh July 27th to 28th. David and I will both be at Max stock this year. Uh, but we also have a, an event, a pre event happening on July 26th at Galloping ghost arcade. Do we? Uh, just do a Google search. Yeah, we do <laughs> noon, July 26th. Hang out, play some video games. It's the, I think it's the America's largest arcade, maybe the world. I don't know. But it's It's awful big. big. You you pay like twenty bucks, and all the games are set to free play. Um, David's bringing his son Alexander. I'm bringing my daughter Brooke, and it should be a uh, fun time.
1: You you can come. You don't have to bring a child. No, it's not mandatory. We don't. (laughs) But if you want to, that's also fine.
0: The some of the schedule for Macstock looks really uh, interesting this year, David. Um, obviously, Mike's going to start the show at 9 a.m. on July 27th on the Mac Stock main stage. Uh, for kind of our my thing, um, this is going to be at 1 o'clock. It is the MyMac Game Show sponsored by Otherworld Computing. Uh, Guy Cyril and myself will be hosting the MyMac Game Show. And, uh, you know, we got some really cool questions. It'll be fun. Uh Macstock is uh sponsored by OWC so OWC is going to be giving away uh really cool computer toolkits as prizes this year. Which oh. is fun. In the past, you know, we've had so many different products and some people didn't want this or so. We simplified it. If you play the yep. game and you answer the questions correctly and Geisero will help you cheat, uh you're gonna get a really cool toolkit. And who can't use a toolkit? I could uh, use a tool okay. Yeah. I guess anybody can use I, a tool I, kit. I might make it so one person doesn't win just so I can keep one of these.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe we know somebody who can hook you up. In probably. fact, you're the guy who can hook people up because you used to work there.
0: I did, yeah. Um, You've got a, uh, a wire cutter story in here about used Nest Cams. Which is kind of scary, you know. These things are not inexpensive, so, you know, people jump on eBay or wherever, Facebook Marketplace, and, hey, I can pick up a used Nest Cam pretty cheap. What, what's the danger of that, David?
1: Well, uh, the issue is that apparently um, the uh, there is a, a service, a third-party service called Works with Nest. Um, it's, it's kind of an API yeah, and uh, they had somebody using this, and it turned out that the third-party person who uh, organization had not really built a very good app, and um, Google, who owned Nest, had not picked up on the fact this app wasn't very good. Uh, and what they this app was called Wink, and what was basically happening is that if you had a Wink account, that was kind of staying associated with your camera even after you've done a factory reset. And, uh, you would then, uh, because basically the, uh, the wink service was connecting to the address of the camera, um, and had no knowledge apparently that you had reset the camera and sold it to somebody else. And so he looked into his account and lo and behold, he sees images from his old camera that's now owned by somebody else. Now Google has, has, has fixed this, um, very quickly. So they, they've, um, pushed out a fix to this so this doesn't happen um which is obviously very good of them but the problem is it shouldn't have happened in the first place and this kind of goes back to what we were just saying about corporate responsibility um you kind of expect this sort of problem if you buy a cheap no-name security camera that has some kind of web service on the back we've Mm -hmm. talked about many of these things in the past you know Particularly, kids' products have have been a fall fallen foul of this, where basically they paid a a team of programmers to knock something up over a few weeks, and it just doesn't really, you know, it's not really well thought through from a security point of view. But this is Google, um, one of the biggest companies in the world, and a specialist in online services. So for them to kind of miss this is really kind of disappointing.
0: It's kind of um, uh, along the same lines as the story that we've been sitting on for almost a month now that Samsung TV should be regularly, regularly virus checked. And it goes to the same kind of concept that you would think you're buying a, a Samsung TV, you go to the store, you go to Amazon, wherever, and you buy this great, big, cool 65 inch Samsung QLED TV that costs a thousand dollars or more. Actually, if it's a 65, it's probably like $1,500. Mm. And you have to scan it for viruses? Are you kidding me?
1: This is Samsung's recommendation, so they, you know, and at that, that point you think, well, hey, Samsung, you designed it. Why can't you design it to scan itself for viruses? You know, why don't you scan it for viruses?
0: Um, wh- why, wh- why is my TV even susceptible to viruses? <laughs> yes, number one. That's, that's the first question.
1: Well, of course, the, the problem is, is that everything is a computer nowadays, but I, I think there is a responsibility on a supplier if they are selling something as an appliance to, no matter how it works underneath, to put the right infrastructure in place and make sure that the user does not have to do computer-type things on it. Because the reality is, is that... Awful, even for an awful lot of us who actually do use computers on a day-by-day basis we don't back them up we don't virus check them enough uh, and that's when we're sat in front of the things and all we have to do is click a few buttons but for, for a tv I and mean, most people buy a tv they probably don't ever update the firmware or anything even though right. that happens over the internet nowadays because people don't they want to turn it on and watch tv they don't want yep. to be scanning it for viruses or you know i i had this with with the our tv in our bedroom last night <laughs> we, we we tend to turn it on before we go to bed, and we'll have it on for about an hour, you know, just kind of as we're winding down, that sort of thing. And last night, my wife rolled over to go to sleep, and she accidentally leant on the remote, and a screen came up on our TV I have never seen before. We've had it for two years, and it was a whole set of functions <laughs> that I had... <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought, I said to her, what the hell is this? She said, I don't know. I've never seen it either. Worse than that, we didn't even know what button we pressed to, to bring it up. So we, we won't be able to see it again. And it's just like, why? Mm-hmm. Why does it have to be like that? It doesn't. You know, a TV is for
0: watching it is, TV. It's a conscious decision. And it's because they tried to add um, a monetary system for it. Hey. They can buy the cheap TV, but let's give them a store where they can download apps that cost money or download apps that, you know, is, is Netflix. And we build this infrastructure and I, you know, I like Plex and I like smart TVs, but I don't want to be running virus checkers on my TVs. I got LGs. That's my TV of choice right now. I've got two of them and, um, they both were great,
1: but Yeah. The thing is, if you are going to offer apps on your TV, then why not put a little bit of time in? Why not look at some... Let's think, is there anybody in the industry who has millions of devices and an app store with a vibrant ecosystem, and they've managed to find a way to, most of the time, prevent that apps that app ecosystem from being abu- abused so that their users' privacy and uh, devices aren't, aren't attacked all the time? Hmm. Is there anyone in the industry who's done that? I don't Cause know. If they, if they have, there is. then, it, then it would ima- you would imagine that that's a solved problem, and anybody now well, has a model for how to recognize it. Oh, wait, it. Apple. Apple, yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Yeah. In fact, if I'm going to go to China, I'm taking an iPhone. I'm not taking a, uh, an Android device. I could tell well, you that yes right here's,
1: here's another thing about the joy of open. is it, it's, it's, it's open for code inspection. It's also open for government oversight.
0: And uh, China is forcing tourists to install tech-stealing malware at its borders. Wow! Yeah. Uh, but this only affects Android. What do they do if you come in with an iPhone? Uh, they probably don't even let you bring it in.
1: May- maybe they don't, or maybe they um, maybe they have something else that wasn't known to this particular reporter, or um, I don't know. The uh, so this is this is a particular province in China, the, the Xinjiang region where uh, apparently it's, it's a mostly Muslim pro- province and currently yep. China is having a big crackdown there. And yep. so what Muslims are
0: literally disappearing.
1: Yeah. What they don't want to do is have, you know, the uh, people from the West coming in and reporting on all of that because part of the... You know, what you need when, you, when you're having a big crackdown is a good level of state secrecy and control yep. so that nobody outside can criticise or, or, um, or try and do something about it. So apparently this... Um, this malware basically looks for Islamic content um, and uh, to try and determine whether you might be a an Islamic supporter, or perhaps even an extremist who's trying to set up um, some kind of uh, Islamic response to, to the oppression there. Um, and while I'm not supporting people using a, a, a crackdown as an excuse for starting to be terrorists – the problem with, with scanning people's devices for that sort of content is you'll get it wrong most of the time, and um, that's a problem if you're going to then going to throw them in a the gulag. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you some, some people say... You throw somebody in a they- the gulag, you really want to make sure that they, that they deserve it.
0: Yeah. This, this is the natural extension of people saying, well, the government should have access to people's cell phones. I mean, it prevents terrorist attack. Don't you want to be safe? And my response is always the same. No. I... I Yes, I want to be safe. No, the government should not have access to anything of mine without a court order. Um, Yeah. Anyways, Yeah. let's move on. to. I don't feel like being depressed. I feel like talking about something good. Let's talk about something good. Here's something good. I don't know if I talked about this product here or not. A Sony speaker. Did I talk about this a couple weeks ago? I can't remember.
1: You've talked about Sony speakers before, but not recently. So...
0: I have a Sony speaker. It's the Sony SRS. I hate Sony's names. XB32. I'll put an uh, an Amazon link or Sony link, one of the two, in the show notes. This is a little Bluetooth speaker. Um, it's about yeah, about the length of my forearm, if you will. It weighs a good, I don't know, five pounds, three pounds, something like that. It's pretty light. Uh, you can get a carrying case for it. It's Bluetooth, of course. Uh, it's charged by micro-USB. Uh, you can plug directly into it if you want, um, and USB into it if you want. But, I have to say, this might be one of the best little Bluetooth speakers I've ever used. Really? The sound quality is just fantastic. Uh, and I'm not talking about just the, the highs and the mids. It, it It's... It says extra bass, portable Bluetooth. So, but you think extra bass? It's a little thing. Come on. Yeah. How much bass are you really going to get?
1: That's right. Unless it's, unless it comes with a kind of a, you know, a beer keg sized uh, subwoofer that you plug yeah, it back. Yeah.
0: Exactly. In. <laughs> I, I got to admit though, it does sound good. It does have really good bass reproduction. Um, I've used it quite a few times. The last time I used it, I was actually working on my Sequoia, and I wanted to listen to music, but I was. I didn't want to burn up the car battery and plus where I was in the back, you know? Mm-hmm. So I took this out, put this in the back of the Sequoia and was streaming my music from it. And man, it sounded good. I mean, it just, it, it filled the inside of the Sequoia very well. I had to keep the volume low because it was almost too loud. I also used it out in the, uh, where we have our little campfires in the back. Mm-hmm. I used it outside as well. And s- same thing. It, it just filled the area with sound, but not just, Sound anything can get loud. It sounds good. The sound quality is kind of what you used to expect from Sony, because you know Sony's released some pretty crappy products lately. Yeah. But I think, do you think Sony's kind of making a comeback when it comes to the quality? Because every the, the last few t- Sony things that I've used have been good. Mm. I mean, good audio quality. good You know, the the PS Four is a good box. It's their TVs. Well. I don't know. I haven't used Sony TV in forever. Do they even make TVs anymore? I don't even think uh, they do.
1: I, I don't know. A lot of people pull out on the market, but um, yeah. I'm I'm not. I mean, you see them around, but you're never sure whether those are uh, new new models that are being sold now. Or um, well, been yeah, out for might, a while. It looks like they, they're they still listing TVs, on, certainly in the UK, so I guess they do.
0: I got a pair of Sony headphones. That's probably my second favorite pair right now. So I've, I've been impressed with Sony lately, to be honest. And this speaker, there's a couple of different ones. There's a black one and the silver one. I've got the silver. Well, it's more gray than silver, but silver's gray. Uh, it's a light gray. Let's put it that way. The only downside,
1: I know what you're gonna say,
0: is the stupid lights.
1: <laughs> I'm looking at this online, and I'm thinking, I bet he hates the flashing lights.
0: I hate the flashing lights. Uh, The batteries last a long time, but I think it would last even longer if I could turn off the stupid LEDs. Now, the LEDs do flash to the music, and that's kind of cool, I guess. And you remember that great big giant Sony speaker that I got that has the disco lights? that's the last
1: one I remember you talking about.
0: So that one, there was an app that would let you control the colors and stuff like that. The same app actually works on this speaker, too. And so it, it saw it, and it just let me start controlling it. So if I want to have more muted colors or... I can actually control the colors to some extent, but I can't Alt turn them off up. yeah, I hate that. I bet if I cracked it up, I could figure out how to turn off the stupid lights, but um other than the dumb lights, I really like it. Uh, it's waterproof, uh, USB charging twenty four hour battery life, wow. wireless party chain, which means you can have four or five of these around a you know a big area, and they'll all be synced up and play correctly which of- by the way, isn't easy to do. No. Uh works with the uh Sony Music Center app, which yeah, okay. Uh but the the Fiestable app is the one that changes the colors.
1: So what's interesting about this is this there's a the reason that the, I I have a Logitech speaker that's a little bit like this that also sounds really really good. The the reason these have come about is because Bose did this little speaker about 3-4 years ago called the SoundLink yeah uh, and basically everybody copied that because the sound link also sounds very good, but being Bose, it was always quite pricey and didn 't come with you know the kind of half the accessories you would expect and stuff like that um and and clearly this is this is sony 's you know approach to that market, but the advantage of these is that yeah they they will fill quite a large space with sound, and they are tiny, so you can now have good quality music on the go without having to commit to a big set of speakers and uh, uh, and, uh, you know, an amplifier and, and the wiring and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm sure um, audio file purists would kind of sneer at this, but um, I think this looks pretty cool. It is
0: $112.44 on Amazon. I don't know what the MSRP is because they're not showing that to me.
1: And it looks like it's around about $130, something like that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, they do have one that's the SR. SXB22, so the same thing, just a 22 with no lights. But it looks like it's exactly the same speaker, Um, but it doesn't say how long the battery lasts, which tells you it's probably not 24 hours. Um, And it looks a little bit smaller, maybe, just a tiny, tiny bit, maybe, I can't tell. Um, But I haven't used that one. I can't give any kind of uh, impression on it. I guess mine is the gray one. There's also blue and black. Um, I have the gray one I really like it. I highly recommend it. If you're looking for a little portable speaker or something to stick on a a, a bookshelf, this would be a good solution, except for the stupid flashing lights.
1: Yeah, I, you know what? I'm. I remember as a, as a as a student when I was at boarding school in university. I used to lug around every time I went. To or from home, kind of a big stack of hi-fi separates and some bookshelf speakers and everything, just to get decent music while I was uh, at yeah. college. And nowadays, you, all you need is a smartphone or something like this, and you've you've got it all.
0: Yeah, and it's immensely portable.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. This one is battery the, power too. Yeah, so. this one apparently the, with the twenty-four hour battery life, you can even use it to charge your phone while you're using it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's very cool.
0: Yeah, I have to check out that feature. I haven't tried it. I know it's got a USB plug in the back. I, maybe that's just external. It says some writing on it, but it's too dark where I am at. Yeah.
1: No, it definitely says you can do that on the uh
0: DC on the out on only.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the so the full size USB is DC. So that's to charge your phone. Yeah. Although I'm I have to imagine it. It would greatly reduce the the but longevity you would do, of that thing. But the battery. thing is
1: if you let's face it, not many of us actually listen to a speaker for 24 hours at a stretch. No. So if you're you know you're going to the beach for an afternoon, then you can keep your phone charged while it's playing music. Yeah, that's a good uh, idea. And yeah. Then and then you you know you still got plenty of life in the speaker. You got to keep those lights going, of course.
0: So highly recommended on my part, the Sony SRS XB32. I'll put a link in the show notes if you're looking for a Bluetooth speaker. This one has the tech fan recommendation. Excellent. Well, half of it because you know lights. You're you're you're, you're on. I here guess too, you could always you could
1: fan. always. Um, you could always duct tape over the lights if you need to really. No, because so, it has
0: these two little lights in the front, too, that flash. Okay. So it's not just the color LED. It's got these white lights where the speakers are So in basically,
1: there. You've, got to, you've got to go at it with light out and a little brush to uh, yes. cover that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or buy the one that doesn't have the built-in lights. But yeah. I, don't, I, I can't speak to its quality or sound or anything because exactly, yeah. I don't have it. It may be no good. That's right. Thank you, Sony, for letting me uh, have one of these and uh, reviewing it here on Techfan. You know, it's July 4th weekend here in the United States, David, which means Stranger Things Season 3 came out on Netflix. Did that come out there, too?
1: It has, yes. Not watched it yet.
0: Have you watched any of the Stranger Things yet? I
1: saw most of the first season and uh, probably about the first three episodes of the second season. Doesn't sound like you're a big fan uh, oh, No, I, re- well, I really enjoyed the first season I thought it was fantastic uh, It
0: really like, did capture the 80s yeah,
1: Exactly, and not only that, I thought as, as a story, it was it was pretty You know, it was not underivative To be fair, but um, You know, I thought they kind of pulled it off quite well I'm I'm a little bit of a sucker for the uh, You know, super-powered kid Gangs up with the other kids, they'll become friends Type story, you know um, it, it,
0: The first season has kind of an E.T. vibe thing Going on
1: Exactly, yes um, and it, and it was good. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed that. The second season I'm watching, Not all, as good. I found it a little bit slow. That's why I kind of didn't, didn't persist with it. And it's one of those things I've always meant to come back to and never got around to. Um, I'm in, I've got
0: one episode in and I just started the, uh, season or uh, episode two. I'm about 15 minutes into it mm-hmm. and I like it. Yeah. it. It kind of feels more like season one than okay. season two. Uh, but like you, I'm a sucker for it. It's right up my alley. Um, I'm I'm just glad that there are shows like this out there, that these things exist. Yeah. Thank goodness. Because, man, you, it, there, there's just so much good content.
1: Well, look, let's face it. Um, something like Stranger Things would never... If we didn't have a company like Netflix and Amazon Prime, and the others, it wouldn't exist. Because mainstream, well, mainstream TV would struggle to to produce something like
0: this. I don't know. HBO has been into stuff like this for a long time. You know, HBO was kind of the home of the original content that takes chances, going way, way back, too. I mean, you probably don't remember. There was this old football show on there. The Larry Sanders show in the 90s was, I mean, it's hard to believe anybody did that show. Or yeah, not but, Larry, Yeah, Larry Sanders. But the problem um, with
1: the HBO stuff, it's always been a little bit more grown up. Hardcore than than some of these shows are.
0: I think most of the stuff on Netflix that's really good is the same way. I mean, Stranger Things is not for little kids.
1: It's not for little kids, but by the same token, it's not...
0: It's not. It's okay for teenagers.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not a complete gross-out type, type thing, you know. Um, I, I don't know. I was in my mid-20s
0: when Larry Sanders was on HBO, and I loved it. Now, there's a difference between teenager and 25, but still. You know, it's... But depends you watch which, that show now, and it's so in. rooted in the 90s. It's like, ugh, this is – it did not age well.
1: Yeah, a lot of stuff doesn't it's – it's a shame when you, you come across stuff that you really loved, and then you find that it's, uh, it hasn't aged. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, kid, kids like our kids age now. As they watch, as they watch older stuff, uh, as they grow up, particularly movies, there's going to be things like where the, the plot doesn't make sense because they're thinking, well, you know – just use Google Maps, then that wouldn't be a problem. You know? Yeah. Why don't they just text text him text him where he are? Could have been rescued.
0: <laughs> Larry Sanders was one of those cringe worthy shows where something would happen that would make you cringe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like Larry David. Yeah. You know, that oh I can't believe he would say that. What an idiot. Um but I mean HBO is always kind of that. I'm glad that Netflix is doing the same thing. Orange is the New Black is definitely a show I gave up on. Uh, I really liked it. And then it just started dragging and dragging. And, uh, I think,
1: I think that's, that's actually a lesson that Netflix is starting to learn now in that they are finishing things and um, not, you know, not doing that network TV thing of just perpetuating them on and on and on because they're popular. I mean, yeah. an, another show that, that kind of really suffers from that is The Walking Dead, which is – the, the, the problem is they've kind of – they've gone in so many different directions to try and make it different and more interesting, but it's really pushing the limits of plausibility now, uh, which is, is a difficult thing to say when you're talking about a show which is based on a zombie apocalypse, but it truly is. It's, it's just like you see the plots, of seasons, now, you're like, oh, come on, Really?
0: Hmm. Uh, of Walking Dead. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. What was it? Um, so, Robert Kirkman
1: mm-hmm. is
0: the guy that started The Walking Dead at Image Comics. Yeah. And he actually kind of lied about what the, the comic was going to be about to get it approved. Um, which is a funny story. But the first issue actually appeared in 2003. Well, they're up to, you know, they're coming up in their 200th episode. Or uh, issue. So people are like, oh, what's he going to do for uh, issue 200? And he didn't say anything to anybody. Well, issue 193 comes out, and that's the end. <laughs> that's the last episode. Yeah. It does a time jump 10 years in the past. And uh, I, I, I gave up reading it many, many years ago. It just kind of got boring to me. Mm. Um, but I love the fact that he had a story to tell. It took 193 ish. He didn't pad it. He could have got to 200 and then wrapped it.
1: Yeah.
0: 193 done. Done. Yeah. I, I, dude, that he has all my respect in the world for that. You know, that's like if we were going to end tech fan, we're like, okay, 403 was it, guys? See you later. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. After. Oh wow, you guys went past 400 and just a couple more and then you're done. Yeah. You know, because you expect to have that nice milestone moment and then that's it. Ours would be 1,527, uh, 1,
1: by the way. Funnily, funnily enough, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and, and he he was saying, oh, you still podcast. I've not spoken to him for eight months or so. And I went, yeah, you know, still doing it every week, or every other week or, you know, kind of on and off sort of thing. And he went, um, "He went, yeah, still the still the Apple show. And I went, no, I haven't done the Apple show for a long time. I'm doing something else, you know. And then he asked me, he said, well, well he said, when did you start doing this other thing? I said, well, we've, we've just gone through our 400th episode and we started in 2010, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's been going a long time. Yeah. I yeah.
0: mean, when you figure I started the my Mac show in 2004 yeah. and this show started in 2010 and it's still the new show to us,
1: still the new show. It will not uh, always be the new show.
0: It will be because we were both on the my Mac podcast. Yeah. I was going through, I don't remember why. Um, Oh, it's because Cole and Brooke were asking about podcasting. Now they've both been on the show at one time or another. Cole just recently. Uh, Brooke, of course, at the last Mac Stock, which means she'll be on the show here. So will Alexander. We'll get we'll get them yeah. both on the show when we're at Mac Stock. Mm-hmm. Um But they were kind of asking a little bit about, you know, the history of the show. Actually, she, he wasn't. She was. Brooke was. And so I was kind of going back, and, and I played, like, some old um, – the Sergeant Perry promo for the My yeah. days. Uh-huh. You know, that was brilliant. Chad was great on it. Chad, by the way, went with Cole and I and Brooke to uh, Spider-Man. Cool. And the history is really long, some of the stuff that, that we've been doing in, in podcasting. I mean, it goes back – a long, long time, and Brooke, I was playing some clips and stuff, and I said, "Oh well, look, here's David's first show, and he was he was actually um, wasn't even part of the show. He was just he was a contributor. Yeah, he sent in some audio, and then the next thing he sent in there was this Mac show in London that he went to, and he actually did a a recording there. He he did like a or I think we call him our London bureau chief or something.
1: That was Ch- Chad's idea. Yeah, the London bureau yeah. chief. Yeah.
0: And uh, well, because remember we had someone in Germany at the That's same time right, too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and she thought that was great. She goes, "Are you going to keep podcasting?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, "Brooke, honestly, if if I if we hit the lotto tomorrow, yeah. which." It's probably impractical since we don't play the lotto, but um, it's always. But if
1: we it's, did, it's always a, a major assistance to winning the lotto is to actually play the lotto. Well, the
0: problem is, you know, I, every single time I do play, and I play maybe four or five times a year, I think I'm going to win every single time I
1: get a ticket. Well, that's you know what—that's the beauty of, of playing a lottery is that right up until the moment of the draw, everyone with the ticket is a is a winner.
0: Yep. So <laughs> if I hit, I told her if we hit the lotto tomorrow. I can't stop working. What am I going to do? Sit around all day? I can't travel that much. You guys are still in school. Podcasting would be my everyday job. I, I would I would make it so David could quit his job, and he'd work for Tech Fan. That would this would be our job. It'd be it would be a daily show.
1: Daily show, yeah.
0: And it would it would probably we I'd set him up with his own studio, and we could do video, and it'd be really cool.
1: You know that. You know that line that Obi-Wan Kenobi has in the first Star Wars movie when Alderaan is destroyed? and he Oh, says, that, that he I goes, heard, my butt's twitching? I, <laughs> he goes, I heard, a, I feel a great disturbance force, yeah, like, yeah. like millions shouting out in horror. That's what yeah. our audience just did at that's, the prospect of us yes. <laughs> broadcasting every
0: day. That's Yes, absolutely right. <laughs> but no, that's what I would do. Yeah. And, and she goes, so... When you die, which, okay, thanks. Um, (laughs)
1: That's a dark, yeah. Yeah, a
0: little dark there. (laughs) That took a turn. Uh, She goes, I'm going to have to continue your legacy. And I went, I don't know if I'd call it a legacy, (laughs) number one. Uh, And number two, I want you to do your own thing, don't.
1: Don't do what I do. Oh, I mean, okay. if you want to do that, that's I, fine. But I do, do your thing. I completely disagree. I think we need to make it a condition of each of our children's inheritances that they pair of them have to continue the show in exactly the same format. Often, no. World think Warcraft. about what you're saying, though. <laughs> think about what you're
0: saying. You get hit by a car, which, yeah. let's be honest, you you know, you've broken your back, and you know, you've been in a horrific car accident. But, you,
1: you know what? <laughs> But as an aside, funnily enough, my brother is on his way over here this weekend from France. And uh, he actually texted me a picture of the accident site this morning as he drove past. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> he, said, he said, do you recognize this place? You might recommend it, recognize it a bit more if you turn the picture upside down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Anyway. Yes. Uh, anyways. So, yeah, and so and, and yes, we I, were
0: recording Tech Fan. I, we were, I was doing the show when you did it. Yeah. Um, so think about what you're saying, though. That means you get in a horrific car accident and you pass away. You really want Alexander doing the show with me? I think... That kind that kind of abject corruption in his young life?
1: I think it would make a man off him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which,
1: let's face it, he's going to meet in a couple of weeks anyway. I mean, you know, he he's, he's pretty much a lost course at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, he's going to come back from Chicago a different boy than he is going out there.
0: You wanna, you wanna, they may not you let him back in the, into the
1: country. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you want him to ride in the Sequoia with me at all with some uh, loud music? Introduce him to that aspect of life?
1: Uh, maybe not. Uh, he, yeah. Overly loud noises kind of disturbs him.
0: And you want him to meet Brooke? Ugh. <laughs> what's wrong with you?
1: So with that, we're going to wrap
0: up this episode of Tech Fan uh, titled, appropriately, Back Up Terry. <laughs> uh, of course. We, we appreciate feedback. The show at techfanpodcast.com is the email address. Uh, what are we on Twitter there, David?
1: We are at Tech Fan Podcast.
0: And we're on the Facebook, too. Um, although no one ever comments on the Facebook stuff. What I'm they- hot. It's hot in here. It's getting... St- I've got shorts on and a t-shirt, and I'm feeling sticky. The seat's going to make noises when I stand up. So I'm going to get up. I'm going to turn on the AC. I'm going to turn on the fan. I can hear Cole. Um, nope, I guess it was the dog. Yeah, See, the dog I must noise make a different sound. Yeah. They do. Yeah. He got up and started walking here wagging his tail. And Bella has been They're kind of traumatized right now. They're like Vietnam well, because veterans. Because of the, All uh, the fireworks. fireworks. Yeah, yeah they are freaking out last night. Um And so um, I have no idea where I was going with that. I guess I was just going to wrap it up. Yep. I'll see you next week, my friend, and uh, not too long in person.
1: Yep. Looking forward to it. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye.